Hi everyone and welcome back to Discerning Consciousness podcast. I'm your host Ant and you join me today for episode number 139 which is part one of a two-part series in which I'm going to explore woke ideology or progressive politics if you prefer in the context of it being the ultimate political Trojan horse. So thank you all for tuning in to today's latest episode. I hope you are all managing to thrive during these very, very high strange times that we're living in right now. So first of all, at the outset, I want to say um, I'm talking about um, some very controversial issues and um, I hope that I don't offend anyone. Um, but I do know that um, even within the alternative sphere, um, I know that um, people can can get offended. So I just want to say at the outset, it certainly isn't it certainly isn't my intention to offend anyone listening. But I do hold quite strong opinions in this area because I think it is um, it is um, one of the main kind of one of the most important um, issues we're facing um, in society right now. So thank you. Um, yeah, I'm just going to start um, by defining. Um, just start with the fundamentals. What does, or what is, sorry, I should say, what is woke ideology from the perspective of the, from its uh, supporters and proponents within society? What is it they claim? What is its USP, its universal um, selling point? Uh, And why is it a force for good and positive change within society? Well, those who support it from government um, around the world, in Australasia, North America, much of the EU, and of course here in the UK, who who advance it, who promote it, to the world of academia, to the mainstream media, to fashion, to advertising. I mean, everybody in the mainstream is on board with this. So at its core, really, it is said to exist to promote radical change within society, as we move towards a more progressive and inclusive world and tolerant world, it is claimed. It is also claimed that it exists to correct the wrongs or injustices towards minorities in whatever shape or form they can come, be they ethnic, sexual or gender or otherwise. And it is claimed that it serves as a bulwark against institutional forms of discrimination, racism, misogyny and hate crimes and it's also claimed it seeks to create a level playing field by giving special preference to minority groups within society so to have special employment rights and special cultural programs for example otherwise known as positive discrimination straight at the outset of course um, it's a, a bit strange and a rather contradictory phrase Back to Orwellian doublespeak from last last uh, last week's episode, of course. But positive discrimination is to be actively celebrated in this new woke world that we live in. And finally, it is said that as a result of progressive political ideologies, we are currently living in a kinder and more tolerant age. And of course, those who question such ideas, such as myself, and perhaps many of you guys listening... Um, Those of us who question such ideas and policies, we are apparently outdated, intolerant, 
born of privilege and still living in the past when minority groups had no political power. So, first of all, um, that was just a very kind of short form back of the fag packet, as we say here in the UK for cigarettes. Uh, my DC notes that we can use as a starting point uh, for our conversation today, but I literally could have spent hours, as you would probably know, just defining woke, progressive politics, identity politics, which I'll talk about more in, in part two. It, it's such a broad area. Anyway, let's progress. Firstly, um, what I want to point out um, is a very important contradiction, which those who promote woke ideology and fully and are fully ensconced within uh, the uh, political um, pr pr political progressive politics sorry struggling with my words there um, first very important contradiction that needs highlighting and is often totally lost on proponents of woke ideology is why would the political establishment otherwise known as the globalists Let's just use this, use them as a collective term for those in power. Why would these people want to give political power and representation to minority groups and, by extension, the disadvantaged within society? What is their real motivation? If we consider recent decades since 9-11, during which time we've seen the wholesale slaughter and destruction of countries and peoples and societies across the Middle East and North Africa, during which time millions of people have been killed and maimed and injured and millions displaced. Now, of course, as we know, the forces who have instituted these countless wars, they have no concern for basic human rights. Um, this is a kind of truth or conspiracy perspective that I'm sharing now, but I tend to think in my, my more darker ruminations, I do think it's true that these um, these groups like the globalists, the hidden unknowns, etc., etc., they regard human beings uh, as their chattels. Um, they make no distinction between, say, a peasant farmer in Iraq and a person living close to the poverty line in in the Western world. So these power brokers, what is their real motivation when we know that they don't give? Um, they have no regard for human life at all whatsoever. Why are they pushing woke ideology in the form of leftist progressive politics? And I don't mince my words lightly here. Um, you know, I, I do think the reason is, as many have said, many people have said in recent years, I think the reason is to destroy Western society within Hence my use of the phrase, sorry, a Trojan horse. Uh, and if you want, the best way to destroy something is is to destroy it from within, and thereby um, and thereby no no bullets are or need to be fired, and no there needs to be no bloodshed. So it becomes like a an invisible um, process, so to speak. And I also think where it gets extremely um, kind of dark is is to it's about completely annihilating and destroying the legacy of the enlightenment and to to render modern western societies into a sort of contemporary version of the movie um idiocracy 
which is a great movie of our times. Um, I might do a review of that one day in the future. It'd be quite good, good to revisit, actually. And, and ultimately, as again, as many have said, the goal is to bring about the destruction of the family unit. Now, I say that as not some sort of right-wing Christian, um, you know, who, who, um, who's blind to the, 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 the issues and problems within society and the family unit and the great problems that people have as parents. I'm not saying it's, that is a utopia, but what I do think my very humble opinion is I think there has to be a kind of standard that's held up within society of something that we should strive for, something that we should aim for, even if it does have its faults, like the, the, the nuclear family unit. Otherwise, you have what's unfolding within society now, which is just a complete um, degeneration, more of that in a while. Um, anyway, let's just get back to this idea of the destruction of society and this sort of uh, way of instituting new um, perverted norms within society. I mean, some within truth and conspiracy circles call uh, woke progressive ideology politics really is actually Satanism because it's an inversion of basic uh, natural law, uh, basic human impulses. But let's look at how, how this is this long term, decades long process, um, how, how it's, it's attempted to be instituted. So at its core, it, I believe, I should say, it's my opinion, <laughs> it involves the promotion and normalisation of emotional immaturity within society. And this sort of uh, psychological dimension if you like is key because it's so insidious because it's something that can't be measured H how do you how do you get a handle on it how do you how do you track or progress this thing within society because if you if you uh, present a counter argument it's almost like you're saying you know you come across as intolerant you come across as being unkind to people who struggle in life and, and things like that so it's, it's very difficult and that's why it's so evil because it's so it's like a, an invisible gas that's just seeping out throughout the whole of society but let's just break this down break down a little bit and look at what we see in modern western societies i'm speaking from someone who lives um quite a sort of suburban a working class slash lower middle class area here on the south coast of the uk near southampton on the borders of an area called the new forest for those who don't live in the uk and aren't familiar so we've seen of course a massive increase in childhood depression psychological disorders drug use an increasing inability to, uh, for many young people, uh, inability to cope with the modern day pressures of life, uh, and inability to accept personal responsibility. Um, generally, people are more and more behaving in destructive ways as norms become increasingly perverted, as I was saying. And there appears to be at least an increase in self-absorbed narcissistic types of personalities, of course. And I'm not judging anyone by saying this, I'm just um, trying to share perspective as we can see the sort of evidence of the impact that woke ideology in the form of progressive politics is having within, within society. I'm not judging anyone 
far be it from me to do that. Furthermore, some of this phrase, I don't know if I've heard it, kind of popped in my head the other day whilst I was writing up these notes for this episode, is another aspect of this uh, emotional, psychological um, sort of immaturity that's that's promoted um, within the context of woke um, ideology is what I call weaponized kindness. It's a sort of um, accept me or else um you know accept me because i happen to be uh, a my part of a minority that means i'm oppressed and it doesn't matter if i'm a complete bastard you know uh, that's it that's irrelevant it, it, my my um my behavior or, or the contents of my character matters not you just need to accept me because i'm i'm oppressed and f- forgive me i know it's a little bit of a stereotypical characterization but i i think you get the point Anyway, this kind of goes against this idea of accept me or else it goes against everything we know to be true and virtuous within society. uh, In that we only really come to accept people based on the contents of their character. And that's all that really matters. Again, I don't mean to be um, sort of contrite or authoritarian in in what I'm expressing here. And really finally on this point... um, I feel like, um, yeah, in some ways we're, we're sleepwalking into a, a form of, of moral degeneracy uh, within, within uh, because of the active promotion of, of questionable um, lifestyles. And I say that not because um, I want to deny people the rights of self-expression. People should have absolutely the right to express themselves in, in any way they wish. But I'm just talking about... Um, within within the media now um there is this deliberate kind of what i call is is the race to the bottom so to speak so just an example i want to give a cultural signifier let's call it that shall we um in terms of this moral morass or moral malaise within society um arrested development emotional immaturity call it what you will this speaks to an excellent episode of The Simpsons um, for all you Simpsons aficionados out there. It's from season five and it's called Bart's in a Child. And this is a particular episode, an excellent episode, when um, there's this sort of um, psychotherapy type slash new age guru that comes to Springfield and he speaks, um, he speaks at a... Uh, a talk or a convention in the town and he he uses he uses um he uses bart and the fact that he's um kind of very reactive he makes jokes he's a bit insulting to this guru guy and he he um he encourages the audience to to be like the boy be like the boy to to express their to express their inner child and release their their emotions and it's all about this um focus upon their their feelings and i think also it's obviously the creators matt grooming is obviously a piss take i think of the the rise of sort of gestalt therapy in the 1970s as well and uh, of course um so the episode goes on and at the end you have this thing called it's called the what you feel festival and uh, 
eventually Springfield descends into anarchy because there are no rules, there are no laws and feelings are all that matters uh, and everyone's attacking one another because everyone claims well you're you're not you're not respecting me because you're not honoring how how I feel and there's a uh, at one point the um the the Wurlitzer or the the ride you know the ride that you have a theme park or fair uh it it, it kind of crashes uh, and um, the guy who was responsible for the maintenance he said well I don't care, I was just doing what I feel. And then he starts arguing with Marge and then the the episode just ends with everyone at one another's throats. And like I was saying, because there are no rules, um, there are no laws and there are no uh, norms, if you, and if you will. I mean, doesn't that look to you guys and f doesn't that look and feel a lot like modern society? Um, and, you know, woke politics and identity politics, how it's all about how people feel about their sexuality, how they feel about their gender, how, how they feel about their racial um, identity, their ethnicity. And yeah, and I think it, it, it also sort of speaks to this sort of um, idea, I'm not sure if the creators were trying to get this across, this is just my interpretation, that, you know, certain rules and social conventions do exist for good reason within society because they help to create a code of ethics for living and navigating life. In the same vein, likewise, um, I do believe not all hierarchies are necessarily bad. Um, we see them forming naturally um, in the animal kingdom, of course. They can form for good reason, and I think something that's very destructive about woke ideology is this idea that all hierarchies are somehow elitist and therefore and therefore wrong so yeah go and check out that episode if you have the means to it's it's really it's really quite interesting it's a i think it's from the it would have been around about the mid 90s so again the writers very wise uh, people because they saw where where society uh, was going Anyway, let's just move on now in terms of, I just want to kind of flesh out this idea of how society is being changed and how society has changed. So in the post-war era, of course, um, there was a massive increase in living standards, the complete transformation of society, whereby even people on modest means could in finally enjoy a lifestyle that their parents could only ever have ever dreamed of. And we knew it as the post-war economic boom and was partly built on the idea, this kind of movement within society, it's partly kind of like a, an economic, had in it strong economic uh, aspect, but also there was a legacy kind of a social legacy from the Victorian era and this idea of earning one stripes or earning your stripes to use a military metaphor or to prove your worth, so to speak. And if you were hardworking and industrious, you could start in a lowly position within, within a company and work your way up through the ranks. Of course, as we know, those of you who have any knowledge of economic history, this began to break down following the oil crisis in the early 1970s and a massive increase in inflation and a, dim, a diminishment in people's living standards. Oh, that sounds kind of familiar, doesn't it? A familiar theme to what's going on now. 
But for about 30 years after that, after the war, as I was saying, the Second World War, 1945, these ideas were firmly entrenched within society and it did seem to work. You know, OK, yes, there were still lots of issues uh, within society, but somehow society did seem to be uh, more of a civilised place, more of a civilised and tolerant, dare I say, more of a civilised... Um, kind of way of living you know other people may have different views compared to now and also some might say it was a form of mer a meritocracy um, in the truest sense of the word and for me to my mind at least anyway um, woke ideology and and progressive politics stand in complete opposition to this idea of progression within society and sort of natural organic position, possession, progression, sorry, and the stability that it provides. Because I feel like we're now living in a world whereby the opposite is true. Um, there's kind of like there's an inversion because we're supposed to value people based on the strength of their rhetoric, if you like, the sense in which they feel wronged or discriminated against rather than the strength or otherwise of their character, if you like, their personal character. And as we know, um, respect has to be earned through recognition of good deeds and action. Just a very basic example, when we first form friendships or romantic relationships, there's a, a mutual assessment of character and personal characteristics in order to assess the suitability of the other person. But this takes time. It takes can take um, several weeks, months before we come to a certain understanding. And again, I don't mean this like through the lens of dogma or judgment. It's just how, as human beings, we we move in the world and how we you know we try and protect ourselves without being um, too judgmental. And I believe this is a very organic process for human for human beings. Well, it was until woke uh, ideology. Um, was institutionalised as a new form of um, orthodoxy. I just want to give another example which is pertinent here in the UK. Um, since the, um, the Russian special military operation in Ukraine started in February last year, believe it or not, 2022, we've been taking in Ukrainian refugees into this country and people have been paid money to take them into their homes and local councils have been giving, um, have been setting aside um, council properties to, ha to house these people. Again, I'm not making a judgment here, this isn't the point I'm making, whether that's right or wrong, um, whether they're economic migrants or not. I'm not, I'm not kind of casting aspersions there. What I would say though, what is interesting again, and this demonstrates how entrenched woke ideology is, People have just been um, so keen to point out, yeah, I'm I'm happy to to accept Ukrainians into my home without them even properly being vetted. Um, so the stories have coming out now, of course, how um, Ukrainians and their host UK British families uh, have fallen out, or there's been instances where you've had Instagram influencers from Kiev, sorry, Kiev, who've come over, you know got a better life in the UK and they've fallen out with their host family and, and then these host families have complained 
to you know government and the authorities and it's and and there's this lack of personal personal responsibility well what do you expect but these people are so naive in their kind of um, view or perspective in the world and they just think well the ukrainians they're possessed sorry possessed they're 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 uh, an oppressed people so everyone coming must be a good person yeah and of course we've had celebrities in the uk saying they're happy to welcome them and uh, into their home and then if anyone who shares the point like i'm saying was well perhaps you know they should be vetted you know that's like common sense that's like what we used to do before woke uh, you know got its poisonous tentacles into every aspect of modern life but if you point that out then of course you're a right right wing blowhard who you know who who's who's a dinosaur and a throwback to a, a bygone era but yeah it's been a it's been a real interesting and sorry a very very sorry uh, story to see how for, for for many host families um you know it didn't turn out so well i'm sure there have been some some good stories i mean just to add to the point also a lot of these people who go around wearing ukrainian colors or you know they they came they campaign or they um you know try and raise money for ukrainian families again i'm not saying that's right or wrong that's down to them are they aware of how corrupt the ukraine regime is are they aware of the child sex trafficking the money laundering, the weapons bio labs. I can't produce any evidence for this, but it does seem that that's what's going on. Again, you know, that would muddy the waters of their very simplistic way of thinking. So again, that's just a it's just an example of um, how woke ideology and progressive politics are corrupting people's ability to think objectively to see the world to discern dare i say it and it really is um it's such a destructive process anyway in this last part because i'm going to break this as i said into two parts i don't want to make it too much of a huge file into one episode um i just want to take us back and talk about where i spoke a little bit about a meritocracy or, or merit-based society in the post-war settlement years and it's funny as i was that came to mind a few days later i came across an article uh written by paul craig roberts who certainly during covid has been putting out some some really really good stuff i know some in the conspiracy truther world say, oh he's controlled opposition i don't care is he isn't he i don't know I, I like reading some of the stuff that he writes and talks about, which I um, normally kind of catch up with sometimes when I visit the Truth Seeker website. Anyway, he recently wrote an article that I read on the Truth Seeker website, and he said it's something really interesting, kind of like broadening, kind of fleshing out the point that I was making. And he said he was uh, talking about how the end of a merit-based society as replaced by a status-based society, whereby minority groups are given preferred status, irrespective of their talents, skills or aptitudes. So um, status in this context is determined by race and gender and sexuality, but not wealth or social standing or social class. 
as historically one uh, would think of status that the Wokies tend to rail against in terms of things like the legacy of colonialism. So um, Paul Craig Roberts then went on and he, he spoke uh, about an example within contemporary society of how the insidious these ideas are, woke ideology, if you like. Um, he gave an example of the accountancy firm Price Waterhouse, and very typical of the current corporate approach to recruitment. Uh, he quoted part of their, you know, their sort of buzzwords or their, um, I don't really know how to describe it, you know, when companies have their, their goals and what they strive for as a company. And I quote, apparently Price Waterhouse have an unwavering determination and commitment to diversity, equity and inclusion. Now, um, as someone I follow, Neil Kramer has often pointed out very eloquently, um, these types of things like uh, diversity, equality, inclusion, I mean, the list is endless. I don't want to bore you with the long list of these ridiculous words and, and phrases. They don't, in reality, they don't actually, they don't actually have any concrete meaning. They, they, they mean whatever um, the person using them wants them to mean. And so, in essence, they have no meaning in reality. And this is back to the last episode in which Mike and I spoke about new speak and double speak. And it's, and one thinks of the word diversity, which is which is classic double speak, because in reality, it simply means division, because all diversity uh, does is create unstable societies. And that's the whole modus operandi, if you like, uh, of the drive towards um, diversity. But again, you know, I would never say such things in, in, in polite social gatherings within my social um, world because of course I would be um, I would be deemed to be intolerant I'll just give another example of just how I self-censor in this woke world um, a couple of years ago I was working doing some contract work for a, a government organization I know terrible but sometimes it's good spiritual practice to go into um, into environments you wouldn't necessarily choose to go in anyway. So because it was a government uh, institution, government quango, there we had to, there was at one point when there was a, there wasn't much work to do and we had to have a discussion about diversity, minority rights. And it got to this whole idea of sex change and things like that. That And anyway, me being me, idiot, foot in mouth syndrome, I couldn't keep my bloody mouth shut, which is the story of my life. Anyway, I, I controversially said, um, well, uh, a man, a man, you know, there's no, you can't actually change your sex. Uh, you can change the outward appearance and obviously you can have hormone treatment and go through the whole physical process. But as we know, a woman, uh, there's a huge difference between a man's brain and a woman's brain and the skeletal structure of a man and a woman. And the, everyone just looked at me 
you know, as if I, as if I just admitted that um, I was, um, you know, a Nazi, uh, and and on the weekends I like to attend local Nazi reenactment events because literally, they 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 looked at me and like I was a total madman basically, and uh, eventually I was thrown out of that particular job. I think that was at that point that uh, my card was probably marked, probably marked, but. Um, for me, I just think that's um, common sense. And again, I, I say that not because, um, you know, I'm trying to cause offence. I just believe that to be true um, biologically. And we're seeing all the issues that we're having now in men's and women's, I say that advisedly, um, professional sports in terms of the whole um, trans issue. I'm not going to get into the whole trans issue in this particular two part are on discerning consciousness because literally I'm not going to have time. Um, there's unfortunately there's quite a few areas that I'm um, gonna ha going to have to leave out just literally for time. But the good thing is I've recently upgraded my membership um, on Podomatic. Um, yeah, the, the guys at Podomatic who are amazing. Um, did a kind of offer that I couldn't refuse. So now I should be able to create more content, uh, which 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 would be great if you if you like listening to me. So anyway, back on track. Yeah, um, it does it does seem as if back to this idea of meritocracy. So I've gone off a, on a bit of a side angle here on a side route. Um, it does appear as if um, back to meritocracy. If appointments, let's just talk about, um, say, employment, the world of employment. If appointments are made on the basis of merit, it's now deemed to be discriminatory. And that's how kind of crazy, um, and the kind of a crazy example of the upside down world that, that, we're, that we're now living in. Um, because merit really, this is a point back to, sorry, to Paul Craig Roberts' article, he goes on to say that, you know, merit only really discriminates on the basis of ability, not race, gender or ethnicity. And for me, again, isn't that just common sense? Um, you know, it, it's surely, surely that surely that is the case. Um, so yeah, I don't know. It's, it's very hard. Um, it's very hard sometimes to get these 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 points um, across without appearing to be um, reactionary or without appearing to, to, to hold opinions that um, some people would, would find offensive. So um, I'm doing my best, folks. I'm doing my best to, to sort of walk that middle path. Anyway, I think we're going to round things up here um, for part one of this two-parter. This being uh, episode 139. I hope you have enjoyed what I've shared today. Um, I will be sharing more, obviously, in part two uh, in a week's time. I hope you can um, tune in, in for that. And just going to flesh out some more ideas around about um, sort of sexuality, sexual orientation and this whole drive towards um, identity politics and putting it front and centre as the most important aspect 
of one's um, individual sort of personal identity. So that's what I'm going to focus on in part two coming up next week. So thank you all for listening. I really do. I really do appreciate um, your support. And um, yeah, catch up with me again um, in a week's time for part two. Bye bye for now. Thank you.